Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and uh, we're going to cover the Ducks here. Unfortunately, we we thought they would uh, beat Nashville in Game 6 or Game 7. They ended up not doing it. We're going to cover those games. We're going to also talk about, obviously, the news of Boost Boudreau being fired. Uh, Tons of fan questions and concerns about that move and what the Ducks do from here. So we got a lot to get to in this show, Eddie, but we got to go back to Game 6 and 7. Uh, unfortunately, the Ducks could not get it done. They, you know, lost Game Six three to one, and then they lost Game Seven two to one. Eddie and uh, history repeated itself. Unfortunately, yeah. And I mean, I, I think more more so this time. I think we're all a little bit surprised, and it's hard to say that, but because it's happened four times in a row, we're we're all used to it now. But I, I really think we all thought this was a different team this year. Uh, I mean, they, they were number one in the power play, number one in the penalty kill. I mean, they were def- defense first. Defense wins championships. They they were coming back uh, after last year's loss in Game Seven in the in the Western Conference Final against a, a you know Stanley Cup winning team. We thought, hey, okay, this year they're gonna be able to get over the hump and 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 finally do it. <laughs> and then they started that like they did in Nashville. I mean, in Anaheim and losing games one and two. And then they come back and win three straight. And we're like, okay, this is it. They have a chance to to end it Game Six. And and of course we see. What's uh, the trend now is they lose game six uh, and they go in game seven. And like Murray said, they come out and they they weren't playing to win. They were playing not to lose. They get behind early and, and they can't come back. I mean, they, of course, they had a couple like, a couple really good chances to hit the crossbar. Uh, I mean, the the, the rebounds Rene was giving out were, were pretty bad. But, you know, one just didn't go in the net and it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I mean, game seven, you know, the first period, uh, it was unfortunate they got down to nothing like we talked about you know that they get behind in these games every time uh, in game sevens and it happened again they turned it around the second and third period the ducks played much better and really attacked you know rene they didn't get all all the rebounds that they needed to get to but they played a lot better i really thought that they were going to tie up this game uh in the third period especially after uh, kessler's goal making it two to one uh, there was a lot of pileups in front of Rene in that third period and really thought they were going to at least tie it and go to overtime, Eddie. But, um, you know, it wasn't the same type Game 7 that we've seen where the, you know against the Kings and, and the Hawks when they got blown out. It was a, a much more competitive one. But, unfortunately, you know, it just wasn't enough. And uh, the Ducks got eliminated in seven games again. Yeah, and I think it was the finish to the game that wasn't like, you know, um, Game 7s of the past. Um in, in all of the, the, at least the recent ones, they've gotten down three nothing or by three goals within 34 minutes or, or so. And I, I saw that stat um, on on Sportsnet when I was watching the game. And I mean, that was one of our keys: is you got to got to get out to a fast start and you got to score the first goal. And of course, again, they they start off slow and they get down two goals. And, and I mean, in every game seven, they they've gotten down and they've gotten down by more than one early, and and it's killed them in the end. I mean, they, this time though, they they did fight back, like you said, but uh, they just couldn't catch a break. I, I think we all thought when Arvidsson missed that empty netter that oh maybe they're going to be able to take it all the way back down and score, but. Just, just a, uh, you know, extremely disappointing again. Yeah, and I mean the record for the Ducks the last four years, you all know about it now, is uh, six game. I'm sorry, four game sixes 
uh, have been lost and now four game sevens as well. So, you know, Boudreaux going down, uh, losing all those. He only won the one game six against Dallas. So not a great record in these closeout games with Anaheim. And, you know, overall not a great record, uh, including his time at Washington. And uh, once the game concluded, game seven that is, obviously there was a lot of comments about fire Boudreaux and expected all that. Uh, I remember I ended up turning off my, my phone pretty early after the game. I uh, just didn't want to see all the uh, the comments. I mean, rightfully so, everybody's upset, but uh, I just needed a break because for me, Eddie, and probably for you too, and I know a lot of other people, uh, you know, I just didn't really sleep well uh, the night uh, of Game 7, and, and since then I haven't. Uh, it's it's frustrating, you know. I mean, obviously we don't play for the team, and we're not part, part of the coaching staff or anything like that, but uh, it's just it's frustrating to see this, you know, four years in a row. And uh, basically on Friday, not surprisingly, the news came out that Boos Boudreaux was fired, Eddie. And of course, uh, you know, all the comments fired up again. And uh, it was a really crazy Friday morning uh, with everybody going nuts talking about what happened. And uh, what was your initial reaction? You know, I I really wasn't surprised. I figured this was going to happen. I didn't know when, obviously, but uh, it wasn't really a big shock to me, Eddie. Yeah, it was a weird one because I think we were all surprised that it actually happened. Uh, not surprised that he was fired, but they actually finally, you know, did it. And you know, I was one that I think they would have benefited from keeping him um, in a, in a way. I mean, I, I'm kind of going both ways on it. I mean, when Murray had his uh, his press conference and, and he said, you know, they just weren't comfortable going into the playoffs next year. Uh, with this team and with Boudreaux coaching this team, and I, I completely, you know, I, I completely understand him, his uh, view on that, and the owner's view on that. I mean, the players and and the team, like he said, they were out there playing not to lose, and and that is because of the records that Boudreaux has had in Game Sevens. I mean, they they were playing not to lose, so they didn't have to deal with that. And you, and like you, you're not going to win. You're not going to win if you if you're playing not to lose. You got to play to win. And, and I think that was the big issue. And and you know, getting rid of Boudreaux, hopefully, that atmosphere and that and that you know that play is gone. But it's disappointing. He's a great coach. He was a good guy. And you know, it, it kind of sucks to see him go. Yeah, I don't take joy in, in seeing anybody you know lose their job. I mean, it was kind of expected. Uh, like you, I kind of have mixed reactions. I mean, I, I understand where Murray's going with this. I mean, if you go into the playoffs and you have eight you know closeout games um, where you're up three to two in a series and you lose all of those, and, and and the only game you do win, you you know against Dallas, you were losing four to one and barely came back and won that one in overtime. I mean, there, there's kind of a pattern there. Um, it's unfortunate though because you look at his regular season record. I mean, 208 wins, 104 losses, and 40 ties. You know, he, I mean, he did or, or, or overtime losses. Um, he did really well in the regular season, uh, four division uh, champs in a row. Which you know, I know that's not the big banner we want, but I mean, it's still something to be said for that. The Ducks did extremely well in the regular season uh, the last four years, winning the division. Uh, Boudreaux with you know twice as many wins as uh, uh, regulation losses. And uh, it's just something to be said, I guess. The biggest concern is the playoffs, you know. And um, if you end up second or third and you can go deep in the playoffs, that's better than, you know, coming out first and then losing. And I really think the big issue this year, Eddie, was the expectation that once the Ducks turned things around, we expected the Ducks 
at least to probably go to the Western Conference final, if not the you know Stanley Cup final. So I think the first round exit is a, a huge reason why Murray made the decision he did. Yeah, and that's you know like that's exactly it. I mean, they the first few years they were happy being a good regular season team. They they kept advancing farther and farther in the playoffs, and and so it was you know round one exit, round two exit, then last year with the the Western Conference final exit, and we thought they were trending upwards. And this year, like you said, everybody the expectation was that we would get either back to the Western Conference final or make it to the Stanley Cup final, and, and then you lose in round one, and you lose in, in a fashion that you've lost in in the last four years, and. I think that is the that has to be the reason you know why he's gone and and it's just disappointing. I I mean to have the the season end so early with the high expectations and and you know the the acquisitions that that Murray made. We thought this team you know was a lot better than last year. Their their play the they, the way they fought back all season and then just to die out like that in another game seven is is just disappointing. Yeah, and you know the the good thing though I think at least in, in Murray's press conference is. One of the reporters, I don't know who it was, you know, they asked about, you know, blame because obviously, you know, everybody's playing the blame game now and, and a lot of people are pointing their, their fingers at uh, Boudreaux, of course. But the other part of it is they got to look at uh, Murray and the way that the players played. They all had issues, too. So it wasn't just... Um, Boudreaux himself, you know, at least Murray said that, you know, it's a team effort and there's a lot of other people that have to be looked at and that's going to happen this weekend with all the player exit interviews. Yeah, uh, and it, it is it is on the players. I, I mean, they're the ones who have to go out there and get it done. Yes, there's, there's a, a mentality, there's a philosophy that the coach puts in, puts in place, and and you know that that dictates their play. And but the, the you know Perry going through the series with no goals. I mean, how do you expect to win a series when your your leading goal scorer doesn't score you a goal? Uh, and when he's not scoring, the depth scoring has to be there. And in some games it was, and in some games it wasn't. Uh, I mean, Getzlaff was was very good in this series. Um, Kessler was very good in the series, and and that's not to say Perry was terrible, um, but we expect him to score goals, and he didn't score goals, and, and you know all the blame doesn't go on him either. The, you know the defense at times was just awful. Uh, games one and two were were everybody's fault. You know not just Boudreaux's, the players as well, uh, and, and to some point the goaltending at the same time. So uh, you know it, it's on everybody, and they know that. And, and Murray, you know, echoed that the other day, and, and I'm sure they'll be you know dealing with it all off season. And, and this firing, I, I mean, I, I guarantee. At least the, the most of the leaders in this dressing room believe that uh, you know he, he lost his job because of them. So, yeah, exactly. And and we can basically go to the fan questions now because it covers all of this. Uh, you know, Ian had asked us about whether or not Boudreaux should stay or not, and uh, you know he felt maybe he should be with the team, but he also asks, you know, where do the problems lie? And uh, I think it's a combination of things, Eddie, as we talked about. I mean, yeah, Boudreaux could have uh, stayed on the team. Maybe they could have given him another shot. But uh, like Murray said in his press conference, he's not comfortable going into the playoffs knowing you know, what happened the last four years. So to me, the, the biggest problem really lies on the leaders of this team. And the leaders of this team are Getzloff and Perry. And um, I don't like to play the blame game and all that stuff either. But if we're going to go around and talk about what's going on in Anaheim and, and how we're going to fix things and get this you know, you know, playoff uh, problems under uh, control, I, I think they're the biggest too. I mean, you got to look at Getzloff in his game sevens. He, he hasn't scored a goal in any game sevens. You know, and uh, Perry, you got to look at his playoff performance. You look at the last four seasons and the postseason. I mean, last season he did great. He had 10 goals in 16 games, but 
you look at the other three, he didn't do well at all. I mean, this series, no goals, uh, no goals against uh, Nashville. Uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, no goals against Nashville this this year, and then no goals against Detroit. Um, you know, back uh, when they first started making these runs in the playoffs uh, four seasons ago, and then also against the uh, Kings of Dallas, he only had a couple goals um, in those two series. So. I think those are the two big guys that you got to talk to and look at. And it's unfortunate because, you know, a lot of people are looking at the Ducks now and looking at, you know, and I hate to say it, but looking at how they choke in the playoffs in the big games. And a lot of it's on Perry and Getzloff. And I, I know it's not just them. I mean, it's the whole team as well, of course. But they're the leaders of this team. One's the captain and one's the leading scorer. And it's unfortunate because if they don't get this turned around with a new coach, Eddie, um, you know, no one's going to really remember that they won the cup in 2007 because they weren't the leaders back then. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's just a, a nice big serving of karma from the San Jose Sharks because uh, yep. we made fun of them for so many years for choking in the playoffs and you know and all the winning the division they were happening and, and win, you know winning the Western Conference and, and being first in in the NHL for so many seasons and like you said winning the division and doing so well and then either losing in the first round or, or you know like the the infamous going up 3-0 against uh, Los Angeles and then losing the series so and and now they've got past that this year by beating LA in in five games and and we've continued to choke in the playoffs and now we're them and and it kind of sucks it feels really bad i mean they have a right now to to make fun of us for that and and you know we we did it to them for so many years but it, it's disappointing and you know like you said it it does fall on the players and you know it's an eerily similar sit, uh, situation right now with um you know with the coach being fired and and the, the choking in the playoffs and uh, i mean i i don't think they should um but the path that san jose took was to strip the the captaincy off joe thornton and give it him and pavelski and i believe at the time it was marlowe or i know it's kuchir now but to give them all a's and the new coach figured out who he thought the captain would be. Obviously, now that's Pavelski, and they did that for one season. And maybe with the new coach, if he comes in and decides to do that, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, I don't know if tripping Getzlaff of the captaincy is the right thing. Yeah, and that was another fan question we had from uh, another Eddie, obviously not you, but uh, he asked about pairing Getzloff and the you know the alternate captains and the captaincy and taking away the C from Getzloff and um, you know obviously the comparisons of us to the San Jose Sharks now and if that's the move, I, you know I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't I don't think you take away the C from Getzloff. I mean <laughs> he's still the captain, still leads his team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. They did try to do something like, you know, have three alternate captains or whatnot. But, you know, I don't really agree with that. I mean, like I said, I do put a lot of responsibility on Perry and Getzloff because, like I said, they're the, they're the two $60 million men that lead this team. Uh, and they're the ones that have been on there, you know, the, pretty much the longest now. Um, so they're going to have to do something to fix this next year. And I think a large part of it now is we have to figure out who the coach is going to be, Eddie. And that's what's really going to determine how this team um, is going to go forward next year because this team is going to be different. Um, It was going to be different anyways because of the salary cap, all the RFAs and UFAs. It was not going to be the same, but now it's really going to be different. I mean, with a different coaching staff, which we don't even know what the makeup is yet. Murray talked about it in his press conference that – Obviously, uh, today he's doing the uh, player exit interviews. Uh, today, Sunday, and Monday, uh, I believe, maybe another day. But at least the next two, three days, he's going to be doing that. 
He's going to focus on the players. And, you know, he's not happy with the players. And I'm going to tell you, those exit interviews with the players are not going to be uh, a fun time for them, unfortunately, uh, based upon uh, Murray's press conference, in which he was very honest about how he felt about the, the leadership of this team, the coaching staff, the players in general, um, how they played, especially in games one and two. Uh, he mentioned the beginning of game seven as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and we're just going to have to find out uh, the next coach that comes in and, and wh- how it's going to go from there, Eddie. I mean, that, that's really going to be the next move to be made before we can figure out um, how this team's going to move forward. Yeah, and, you know, he really did come in and he, he was honest and he said, you know, this team's going to be different. And, and that, uh, I mean, he said he wasn't going to take away the, the captaincy from Gatslav. He said that would be stupid, but he left it open to the, a new coach being able to make his own decision. So that, that puts some heat on Gatslav right there. I mean, if a new coach comes in and says, you know, I don't want you to be the captain, or we're going to do three A's, I'm going to give the captaincy to somebody else. I mean, Mary said he's open to, to do, letting a new coach do whatever he wants. Um, and, and, you know, the team, obviously, like you said, is going to look different um, on the ice. I mean, we're, we're going to lose a couple guys to UFA. We might sign some more. We might not be able to sign some of our RFAs. We, we all know the goalie situation where one of them will probably be traded um, in the offseason around the draft. We, you know, we're still waiting for that. But the, the bench, behind the bench, might be lo- uh, looking different too because if one of the assistant coaches aren't hired as a head coach, uh, a new head coach could come in and want his own bench staff. So that could be the end of, of Paul McLean and, and Trent Yanni behind the bench. And, uh, I mean, those two guys, they, they were the, 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 the keys to leading us to the special teams this year. You know, first power play, first in penalty kill. So, I mean, seeing them go too, that, that's a possibility. Yeah, it seems like Paul McLean and Trent Yanni would be the front runners internally if the Ducks do decide to go with one of them. Uh, if that's the direction that Murray and obviously the Samuelis feel. So <clears throat> I would say those are probably one and two options um, in the Ducks organization itself. Uh, you know, maybe a distant third would be Dallas Eakins, who is the coach, obviously, of the San Diego Goals, who just uh, moved on to the second round, which we'll talk about later in the show, um, which is great for them. So still have some hockey in San Diego to follow, uh, even though the Ducks are out. Um, so you have those three options. But what about outside the organization, Eddie? There were some other names mentioned. And what do you think about some of the other names that were out there? Well, if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, OC Register put out a uh, you know a pretty good list of, of possible coaches that the, the Ducks could have, uh, or that Murray and his staff could have on, on his list for the next Ducks coach. And obviously, McLean, Yanni, and Equins were the first three mentioned. But outside of the Ducks organization, there's a couple former coaches in here. Uh, Guy Boucher, who used to coach the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, he's been coaching in, in, in Europe for the past three seasons, uh, was fired um, from Swiss League team Bern uh, last fall. Uh, he would be another option uh, for the Ducks, possibly. Uh, I mean, also, there's other teams out there looking for coaches, too. You can't, you, you got to remember that. I mean, Minnesota might be looking for a coach if they decide to, to not keep Torchetti around. Uh, Ottawa has already fired Dave Cameron, and, and they seem to be the front runners for Boudreaux right now. Uh, so Guy Boucher could be one of the options for them. Uh, there's also Mark Crawford, who has been coaching in the Swiss League as well. Uh, he just coached... Uh, ZSC Lions this year, which is the the team that Austin Matthews, the projected number one pick, plays for, and uh, you know he won the cup uh, as a coach of the Avalanche in '95-'96, and he's won more than 500 games uh, as an NHL coach. Uh, so if you're looking for experience, I think he'd be the the way to go. Uh, I mean, there's also Randy Carlisle, which <laughs> I don't know how you no. feel about that. I don't think I no. really want to bring him back, but. <laughs> You know, the last coach, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously coached the Ducks to their uh, Stanley Cup championship in 2007. 
was replaced by Boudreaux, so it'd be kind of ironic to have Boudreaux replaced by him. I, I mean, I don't think I'd want that to happen, but he, he is a possibility. He is still out there. Uh, I mean, there is uh, Doug Wilson, who uh, coached the Ducks way back and was also a coach of the Leafs, who is out there still. Um, and, and then there's uh, the, the, the odd one that, uh, that I actually had to look up because I, I wasn't too sure, but there's Travis Green, who's currently coaching the Utica Comets of the AHL. Uh, this would be a, a different sort of route if you weren't looking for experience, but looking for an up-and-coming coach in, in the league, you might be able to poach Travis Green away from from the Utica Comets, um, unless the Vancouver Canucks decide to point him as head coach instead of Willie Desjardins. But that's a possibility too. Uh, and then the last one, and the the weirdest one that I don't know how a lot of Duck fans would feel about is Daryl Sutter. <laughs> as his contract with the Kings is up at the end of this season, and neither him or GM Dean Lombardi have actually spoken out to the public uh, about him re-signing with the Kings. Um, so there is a possibility he hops <laughs> over behind the bench in Anaheim. I, I mean, it would be uh, it'd be an interesting story for me. I, I don't know. I mean, I would like it. He's won cups, it, um, but he's a he's an interesting guy to say the least. And and uh, it would be weird to see him behind the bench in Anaheim. Yeah, I think if uh, Sutter was to come over, uh, I, I think if you asked him and uh, <laughs> the media approached him and said, hey, you know, what about coming over and, and coaching for the Ducks? He'd probably say, great. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's really the response. <laughs> I mean, Sutter's a man of very few words, and uh, I mean, he's he's definitely got a, a unique personality. Um, and, you know, you may dislike him because he's the coach of the, you know, Kings, um, at least for now. And, you know, what he's done and obviously playing against the Ducks. But, I mean, if you want a guy with recent success, there's your guy. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, the guy's won two cups. I mean, he's done really well uh, in the Los Angeles Kings organization. So, uh, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, it, it may be kind of awkward at first, but... I mean, we've gotten players on our team this year, too, that we didn't like, uh, you know, like Ryan Garbutt. So, I mean, there's things, you know, stranger things have happened. So I think it comes down to one of two things, though, um, for this decision, which, you know, we don't know exactly when it's going to be made. But I, I really think it comes down to Murray and the owners deciding whether or not they want to stay internal or external, uh, Eddie. If they go internal, I would think McLean would be the first choice, uh, you know, because uh, he's been there before. He, he, you know, he's coached in this league. He knows what he's doing. I mean, like you said, he helped the, the special teams play the season. So he'd probably be the strongest candidate internally. Um, if they decide not to do that and to go external and outside the organization, now, I mean, it's wide open. I mean, all those names you mentioned, um, you know, some I like more than others, but I mean, they could really go with any of these. I mean, it's, it's, it's wide open. So it's going to be an interesting time this summer. We thought this summer was, well, one, we didn't think it was going to come this soon for the Ducks. And, and two, we knew that there was going to be issues with the RFAs and UFAs and all that. But, I mean, it's really going to be interesting, Eddie, uh, for the next couple of weeks, which I guess is good for our podcast because we'll have plenty to talk about in the coming weeks. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting. Like if uh, they decide to bring in a coach before the draft and before they decide to sign, you know, have to sign all the RFAs and UFAs. If Murray talks with the coach, decides what type of team that they want to ice, obviously the final decision is Murray's. Uh, but you know that could change the outlook of this team next year too. If they don't, you know, they might not even play the same style next year, depending on who's coaching. It could be a completely you know different makeup. Uh, I, I think we've seen the end of the line juggling days in Anaheim, which uh, is kind of a welcoming 
thing to see in a way. I mean, it would be easier for us to, to predict what lines are going to be out for the next uh, the the next games. But yeah, that, I mean, it's going to be different in that way too. And if the coach has an impact on who we re-sign and and who we go out to sign in, in free agency and, and what type of players we draft, that will be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, you know, we had a fan question about that too. Brad asked about the uh, the upcoming draft and whether or not the Ducks would trade up in the draft. And I think it's an interesting question, Eddie, if the Ducks would try to do that. Um, I really think it depends on what they do with the RFAs and the UFAs. I mean, if you look at the list here uh, for the RFAs, you've got Lindholm, Votnin, Raquel, Anderson, and Perry. Uh, are the big names there and, and we know we've talked about this at length and other people have as well that Lindholm and Raquel are the big two that they want to keep there's also word that Anderson they may try to keep him as well uh, that's the recent news that I, I had heard so we have those to look at and then you have the UFAs which there's a ton Perron, McGinn, Horkoff, Stewart, Santarelli, Holzer and Hudobin which you know Hudobin's most likely going to Europe but you still got a, a group there to choose so I really think it depends on how many of these guys Murray decides to bring back, uh, obviously with the new coach too as well. And depending on that number, if we're able to bring back most of these RFAs, I really don't know if the Ducks would trade up in the draft and and do that, Eddie. But if they can't sign some of these people for whatever reason, then, you know, stranger things have happened. It could happen. Yeah, and we all know that Getzloff and, and Perry and Kessler are getting older and the window's closing. And I think if you have the opportunity in this draft to get into the top three, and, and that would be a rare occurrence. But, I mean, as it finishes now, if the, I know the draft lottery is, is today, and it, you know, obviously we don't know how it's going to turn out. But if it turns out how, the, the you know, if, if everything went according to plan, let's say, Toronto would have number one pick, Edmonton number two, Vancouver number three. Now, Toronto's not going to give up that number one pick they're rebuilding. Uh, Vancouver, I mean, I, I doubt they give up the number three they're in a rebuild as well. The interesting one is, is the Edmonton Oilers. Is The top three guys are, are going to be forwards. And right now, the Ducks are, are, are this has updated as of yesterday, but um, with them going out in the first round, I think they'll have a little bit higher than a 25th pick. So it'll be somewhere either in the low teens or in the high 20s because we did win the division. Either way, you could possibly see in a situation where the Ducks maybe trade uh, Freddie or Gibson, maybe? To, to the Edmonton Oilers who are in desperate need of a goaltender. I know they have Cam Talbot who's done great, you know, great for them this year, but uh, I mean, if you can get into that top two or three and, and draft one of those finished players, uh, I mean, Patrick Laine or, or Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, I, I think you do it if, you, if you're already set on moving one of your goaltenders. Uh, but it's a tricky it's a tricky situation, and, and, and you know, it's tough to say if, if any of those teams would even move those picks. Yeah, and that's another fan question that Alexander asked about was, you know, if the Ducks are going to part ways with Anderson and then keep Gibson. And that's kind of what we thought would be the way that it would go. But the the latest word I heard is that it may go the other way. The Ducks may keep Anderson and try to trade Gibson. Um, you know, there's there's it's kind of going back and forth. So obviously nothing's concrete, nothing's set in stone. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Anderson or Gibson that's traded, not just one. You know, you know, a lot of us thought maybe it would be Anderson. So 
you know, keep your eyes and ears open for that. And like you said, trying to trade in the division, it's going to be difficult. I mean, if you try to trade uh, Edmonton or Vancouver, uh, you know, even Calgary with Hiller uh, going out of the league too now, Calgary is going to maybe look for a a goaltender as well. I mean, we don't know for sure, but that that could be a possibility. But I would hate to trade Anderson or Gibson to one of our division rivals. That would just be terrible. So if something happens, Eddie, and it doesn't come in the draft, I I really think if the Ducks move one of the goaltenders, I, I would hope that they would move them to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and it's just the issue right now is is goaltender depth in the NHL is actually at a you know is at a decently uh, strong point right now where a lot of teams have a number one guy or a guy who's about to become a number one in their system and you know may, they're they're either not looking to win now so they don't need a guy like Freddie or or you know they they like I said they've already got an established goalie and the, of course the only teams who seem to not have an established goalie right now is Calgary and arguably Edmonton as well. And of course, they're in our own division, and you don't want to trade away a number one guy. Uh, but you're getting to that point now um, with the expansion draft pretty much a guaranteed thing happening next year. You know, the NHL and the NHLPA agreed on all the terms the other day. So this is going to happen, and, and you got to move one of them now before you lose them for nothing. So um, it'll 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 be interesting to see what they do, and if they decide to to go for youth, I, I this team is going to look younger no matter what next year. I, I mean, we'll we'll probably see a little bit more of Richie Theodore should be up with the team. We might get a chance to see Brandon Montour, depending on how things work out with Sammy Votnin. Um and then Nick Cardilli's maybe not in. You know, Wagner will obviously be up too. Stefan Nason. There's a lot of guys we'll see more of next year, and it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. Yeah, I think a big question goes to the Ducks' defense. And, you know, we've seen this question out there, too, about uh, maybe Fowler getting moved as well. You know, that's something that's been mentioned uh, in seasons past. And I think the Ducks are really big, and Murray obviously is big, on keeping Lindholm. And after that, it's going to really fall upon uh, Votnin and what they do there because the word is Votnin wants a longer-term contract. But, uh, you know, as we talked about, Murray's not as fond of these long-term deals now with what's gone on recently. So I think there's a real possibility that the Ducks, uh, if they can't come to terms with Votnin, maybe he gets moved. Uh, Fowler, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's a great skater. Uh, obviously, he's not as much of an offensive, um, you know, scorer as some people would like him to be. So, you know, would he get traded? You know, I don't know. That's a tough one. But I, I think the Ducks are really going to look at Lindholm and Botnan first on the on the defense, and then, like you said, the Ducks have plenty of players to bring up. So, if something doesn't work out, or if they need to trade some of the uh, blue liners they currently have, you've got Theodore and Montour that could come up and fill those holes. Yeah, and really, I think the only guys who are guaranteed to be on this team next year are Lindholm, Manson, and Theodore. I think those are the three guys you have to have back next year. And then, you know, there's been discussion for not just this season, but a couple seasons of of moving Fowler, possibly. Uh, You know, Buffalo's always been really interested in him. Uh, You know, now with Votnin being an RFA, and and you have a a guy like Montour in the system as well, who might be able to, to play a similar role to what Theodore did this year. Um, and solidify a spot on the roster, and he plays a similar style of game to, to Sammy Vaughn, and so maybe you you give him a chance, but it's tough. I mean, with the, the window closing now, and, and it's tough to, to get this blue line to be even younger than it is now uh, next season, and you know that'll be tough to, to try and get back into the playoffs and make it all the way to, to the finals. So, uh, I mean, you know, BX that we would all think would be back, 
Um, but you never know. I mean, Murray said this team's going to look different. It just all depends on how different it's going to look. Yeah, and another question, too, on the blue line is Dupree. Um, unfortunately, he did not play well in the playoffs. You know, there was a lot of times out there where he got caught in different situations that resulted in goals. And I mean, I'm not just singling him out, but I mean, he was one that was out there for a few of them. And unfortunately for him, if you watch the way he played, even, you know, coming back from his concussion, he just hasn't been the same. And, and, and you can't fault the guy. I mean, when you get a concussion, it, it's a serious issue. And, and some of you heard about me talk on this issue with uh, Andy on his uh, podcast show. Uh, it's a big concern, but if you notice when he first came over from Pittsburgh, he was extremely aggressive, and now when you watch, he's somewhat tentative. And I mean, I, I don't fault him for it, but the concussions definitely affected his play, Eddie, and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, he may be another one that the Ducks might consider moving when you know he came over and he he looked like a perfect fit, and uh, unfortunately, the you know concussion issue has has been problematic for him this season. Yeah, and, and he's an interesting one. I think we, we all liked his play uh, when we first got him. And, and, I mean, I think the Ducks still won that trade. You know, don't get me wrong, but like you said, he hasn't been the same since uh, the concussions and, and everything like that. So, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where his place is next year. Uh, I would think he would still be um, on the Ducks, but you never know. And, you know, we'll we'll have to see how it, it gets made up next year. Like I said, I think the only guaranteed spots right now are for Lintel, Manton, and Theodore. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and speaking about the players, too, you know, the exit interviews are going on today. Uh, some other news that we found out uh, recently, it was on a, a Swedish news site, is that Lindholm had a rib injury that he sustained in game four uh, against Nashville. So he, he's most likely not going to participate in the International Ice Hockey uh, Federation World Championship uh, next week. He's you know probably not going to play in that. Uh, Perry said he is going to play in that. Uh, so that's one update, and I'm sure more injury updates will come out over the next uh, few days. Uh, not making excuses for any of the players, uh, certainly not, but you know how it is in this league. When you play 82 games and then you go into the playoffs, it's brutal. So there may be more injury news coming out in this next week, Eddie. Yeah, and I mean, we, we had it last year too with the, the or a couple, I mean, it was a couple of seasons ago with Getzloff and, and, and his sports hernia and everything like that. And every, I mean, every every year after the playoffs, players have been playing banged up and then all the injuries come out at the end when they, they've been knocked out or when they've won the cup. And you see it with every team. I mean, it happens all the time. There's, there's a guy playing 80% the whole playoffs or um, I, I think with the Florida Panthers, they said, uh, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was playing 80% like the whole year. Um, and Minnesota Wild had like three injuries on their blue line that they announced after they were eliminated. So it, it happens. I, I mean, they'll be okay. And, and we'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how some of these guys uh, are, are ready for next season. But it, it's not a long term injury. So everybody should be okay. You know, some other news, too. Uh, Ryan Kessler was named as a Selkie Trophy finalist. Uh, this is his fourth time. Uh, three times he was a finalist in Vancouver, winning it once. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Eddie? He's got some stiff uh, competition with Bergeron and Kopitar. You know, about time he gets recognized for that. <laughs> I, I was I was about to, to ride if he didn't get a nomination this year. I mean, the, the guy's been unbelievable defensively, and and, and I mean he's been a, a decent offensive contributor in the in the in the season and in the playoffs he was great. I mean he was he scored uh, I believe four goals for us and he was just dominant in the playoffs. So I mean he deserves it. it, it it's the the role that he plays. He's he's one of the best in the league, and obviously this shows it with his nomination. And he's up against like you said some stiff competition. Bergeron who's won it before. 
Um, Kopitar, again, these are some of the best defensive centers in the league. And uh, I believe Bergeron and Kopitar had more points than him, but uh, I think Kessler led the league in forwards and blocked shots, or he was close to it. And obviously, his his prowess in, in faceoffs is going to help him there. But you know, it's going to be tough for him to win. But in the end, I, I mean, I hope he does it. That'd be great for him. Yeah, I mean, some of the numbers you look at for Kessler. I mean, he led all players in defensive zone faceoff wins, four hundred forty-one uh, short-handed faceoff wins, one hundred sixty-eight. Uh, face-off percentage, 58.5. I mean, he's just a beast in the face-off circle and, and defensively, as you said. And, and you know, he contributed, too, for the Ducks. I mean, he's the only one that scored in Game 7. And, you know, he really put it on this this whole uh, playoffs. So he has a decent chance. I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they vote. Uh, come the awards, you know, they'll be in Vegas uh, in a couple months from now. But uh, I'm glad to see him at least get that. He He certainly deserves it. And even some people have said this, that they think that uh, Kessler deserves to be captain. So, uh, you know, that's been out there. I, I'm not really going to go there. I mean, I still think Getzloff is going to keep the C. But if for some reason that doesn't happen and Getzloff doesn't have the C next year, I mean, I, I would not be uh, you know opposed to Kessler being you know the new captain. No, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I like uh, like we were talking about earlier, I, I don't think a new coach comes in and just gives the C to another guy. I think if you're going to do the most drastic thing that would happen is rolling with three uh, assistant captains for a season so the coach can make his decision on who he thinks the captain should be. I think that's the that's the road they would go if that is, is what's going to happen. And it's 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 possible. I mean, a coach could come in and say, you know what, I want to decide who my captain's going to be. It, it you know something's been going wrong in the last few seasons here, and and you know if he thinks it falls on on you know, the leaders of this team, very well. I mean, have three assistant captains, and if you if by the end of the next season you don't think Ryan Getzlaff is your guy, there's nothing we can do. I, I mean, if he wants Ryan Kessler to be captain, if he wants Ryan Garber to be captain, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing we can do to to oppose it. And I mean, if 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 that's the guy that he wants and and he thinks is going to be the best to lead this team, then so be it. I think the the reoccurring theme of this show and really the summer is is it's going to be interesting times, Eddie in Anaheim for sure. Uh, just from top to bottom, what's going to happen with. The coaching staff and the offense, the defense, the goalie situation. Right? There's just so much up in air with this team in the summer, and it's unfortunate because we we really didn't expect the Ducks to go out in the first round. We really thought they would come through and, and at least make it to the second round, if not the Western Conference Finals. So uh, that that's just the reoccurring theme. <laughs> Interesting times. I mean, I, I have no other way to explain it. Um, it's unfortunate. It's not what we wanted to happen. Uh, you know, um, I'm sad to see Boudreaux go. Uh, whether or not it's the right decision, time's going to tell. Uh, we have to see who's going to come in and how the team's going to be next year. Um, it's probably a move that they had to make based upon all the uh, the playoff uh, failures and shortcomings. But now Murray's going to turn his fire towards the players. And it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out, Eddie, because uh, it's going to be a big shakeup in Anaheim. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, it's good for us. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about. 
Uh, I mean, last year we had the or we had the Kessler trade to talk about in the offseason, and then it pretty much died down. As if, if when I remember that is we had a a lot of podcasts that were 25, 30 minutes long because we were kind of scraping stuff together. So at least this year we'll have you know probably three or four trades. Uh, I mean, obviously the draft, the new coach, uh, you know, RFAs, UFAs, you name it. We'll have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, and and you know it'll be a different team uh, come uh, October next year. Yeah, and if you're still starving for hockey, you know, there's a team in San Diego that's rolling right now. The uh, goals, they took out the Texas Stars, and they've moved on to the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs, and they're going against the Ontario Reign, the Kings AHL affiliate, and that's going to happen on May 5th, so that's going to be a series that'll be fun to follow. Uh, as you know, Theodore Wagner got sent back down to uh, the goals, and they're playing in with the team as well. And, and they've been doing well, Eddie. Uh, they took out Texas um, in four games, and now they're going to take on you know the rain. So at least we got some hockey still going in SoCal. Yeah, and it'll be cool to see how far they can go. I mean, it, if they make it all the way to to the finals or win it, you you know that might be a, a nice. Uh, you know, bid in, in Eakin's favor to, to get the, the coaching job in Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would definitely give him a stronger case uh, for sure. It, it, like we said, if they stick with an internal uh, move as opposed to going outside the organization. But there'll be that to follow, and we're going to have updates on that as well. Um, I know Thomas is uh, one of our best writers as far as uh, covering the prospects and the goals. So he's got a whole bunch of articles he's already told me he's going to be working on for the uh, the summer. So we're going to have that going, and, and we'll cover the games as best as we can. I know they're not on regular TV, but they're on the Internet and the radio. So look for us to cover the goals as well. And uh, if you're interested in joining and writing for the Ducks, uh, you know we're still taking more people. Uh, in the summertime, we still do the blog and whatnot. You can drop us an email at info at ducksandpucks.com. And uh, I already got a few more people last night, which was great. So we're going to keep on building, getting more people and branching out and doing that. And as well, if you want to sponsor our show, um, you just send us an email again at info at ducksandpucks.com too. There's plenty of room for that. We'll still, like we said, be doing our show. Um, we thought we were going to be doing maybe every other week over the summer, Eddie. But, I mean, the way this is going, we, we may still be doing every you know every uh, week. Yeah, it could be the way. And uh, one thing I think we all kind of forgot about with the Ducks being out is we do still have the bracket challenge, which is up. And, and right now, there are two people tied for the lead. There is... Uh, the guy leading right now is third cup for LA. Uh, <laughs> he has uh, 85 points. Um, and there's somebody else tied with him for with 85 points who has Dallas winning. And then there's uh, a bunch of people tied for third and fifth. So we still have two people leading right now. I'm completely out of it. Uh, I'm sure you're probably out of it already too. So Yeah, I, I had to double check, but I'm pretty sure I'm down there too. My Obviously my... Uh, East Coast bracket was destroyed with some of the games that went on over there, and uh, just, you know I'm pretty much done. Uh, obviously, I had the Ducks going all the way, as I'm sure many of you uh, out there had too. So, oh well, but uh, someone's going to win. It's not going to be you or me. But um, yeah, I'm still going to watch these other games. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh and uh, Washington's a pretty interesting series. Dallas and the Blues is a good one. Uh, the Sharks took out Nashville. Last night in convincing fashion. That's another fun one to watch. So, still be checking out the other games as well. Uh, still a hockey fan of, of you know the sport in general. So that's how our summer is going to probably wind up is watching these other teams. Unfortunately, in the playoffs, Eddie. But at least we're going to have plenty to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we'll we'll have 
a ton of stuff to cover. Uh, you know, maybe not for for this next week coming up. I mean, there's the draft lottery, which is technically, uh, I guess, Canada's version of the Stanley Cup this year with no teams in the playoffs. So <laughs> they've uh, they've all got a chance at the number one pick. So that's happening today. So if you guys want to check that out, I'm sure it's it's going to be on the NHL Network or something. Uh, not sure what time it's at, but there's that. But yeah, you know, the the Ducks have a chance uh, to move up a little bit. Uh, obviously not to get the first uh, first overall pick, but you know maybe maybe we'll get lucky in the draft lottery today and be able to move up a couple picks. Yeah, keep your eye out on that. And like we said, we'll be back next week with more action. Uh, we'll see what develops uh, in the next uh, few days over the player interviews. And as always, let's go Ducks.